cares of this life. You may have walked in here this morning and you have the cares of this life that are very much part of what's going on. We like to hide that, don't we? we? Sometimes we like to walk in here and we act like we don't have any cares. Everything's pretty good with us. You know, we don't have any problems, you know. Perfect. Everything's perfect. But I'm persuaded that the cares of this life, we all have to deal with that. And uh, sometimes when you think about that, and, and uh, I was, of course, preparing for this morning, and, and uh, it, it's really easy to let yourself get kind of cluttered. You know, there's a lot of things going on, and it's easy to, to walk in here. And, and I was thinking, you know, and what's really a, ba a, a bad situation, uh, particularly uh, if you're going to be speaking. <laughs> it's kind of bad if you're going to be speaking is to kind of let uh, things kind of cloud you a little bit and all. Because really, I, I don't know about you guys, but I want to hear from the Lord. What about y'all? What's God got to say to me? Because I know he's got something to say to me. And I want to be in a position to receive whatever he has to say. I don't know why you're here this morning, but I guess God does. And You've heard me say this before. You know, I believe in divine appointments. I don't believe in accidents. I think God's in charge. Amen. Wouldn't it be awful not to think that, to think that, you know, it's not that God doesn't use us, but doesn't have to. Doesn't have to use us. And you might want to put that in your, in your little uh, thought pattern. He doesn't have to use us. No, it's, it's a privilege, you know. And sometimes we treat this walk with God kind of like uh, uh, we have such control of that. You know what I'm saying? This, this walk we have with the Lord. And uh, the reality is that, you know, well, the, if what, what we have to do with the walk with God, the Bible says that, that we must decrease and he must increase. And I don't know about you guys. I want God to increase. How about y'all? I want God to increase in my life. And I want God to increase in your life. That's the only thing that will make a difference. You know, I can give you a bunch of rules and regulations. I can give you some formulas, you know, do these two or three things, you know, and it'll work out. But the bottom line is this, is that, that, that God has to be ever-present. And uh, this morning, I, I pray you've come hungering for God to speak to you. I pray you've come this morning and say, God, what do you want to say, you know? And uh, we get to a place sometimes, you know, you've heard people make this statement, you know, you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know? Don't you get tired of going through the motions and playing the game? And you're so hunger for, for that walk with the Lord and for that that daily communion with him where, you know, we're living in a very lonely world, a very chaotic world. And, you know, if you have, if you're, if your head's not been to sand somewhere, it's amazing how much chaos is going on and tragedy. And, and I don't know about you, but I see some of the stuff going on and I just can't seem to put it anywhere in my mind. I, I can't seem to be able to, you know, to put some type of formula with that that makes any sense. What I'm trying to say, a lot of stuff that's going on in the world today just doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense today. You may be here this morning, and that's what's going on in your life. There's stuff happening, and man, just it's throwing you through through a, just a, a loop, if you will, and you, you're trying to figure out and what to do. And and uh, it's a blessing that when these things happen, that we don't have to take the attitude, well, just tough it out. Don't you get tired of toughing it out? You know, just live with it. Don't you get tired of just living with it? You know, uh, the Bible says that we're more than conquerors, but that don't seem to be happening a lot of times, and I wonder why. I think the reason is, is that we, we try to deal with, with spiritual matters with human effort. Are you with me? We're dealing with spiritual matters, and we're using human effort, and we wonder why it's not working. We are baffled by why we can't work things out, you know? And there's spiritual problems, and we're trying to 
put an equation together, some type of formula that uh, if we do these kind of things, it's going to work out. Let me tell you guys, the only thing that's going to work the stuff out in our life is the Word of God. It's not going to be someone's philosophy or someone's uh, uh, formula or someone's new plan. There's always new plans coming out. It's still the Word. It's still the answer. Uh, we are in a study in Revelation. That The cool thing about the study in Revelation is that God is giving us some, some secrets, if you will, uh, some areas of say, I want to grow. Well, here in the book of Revelation, we see some definite things, you know, that if we'll do that, we'll grow. Now, it's going to take some change. And, you know, people aren't necessarily, and, you know, I always kind of thought it was old people don't like change, you know. But I found out that no people like change. You know, we like things to be pretty predictable. We want things, you know, to kind of, you know, not throw us for a loop. You know, we, 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 <laughs> we talk about walking by faith until we have to do it. Are you with me? That's a great subject that you got to do it. You know, it's wonderful to talk about that until that becomes a part of your life that you have to walk by faith. And then, because the deal, guys, walking by faith means that we lose our security in ourselves. And we like that security, don't we all? Amen. We love that security. What we see here in the book of Revelation, God gives us some stuff, some, some things, some principles, that if we will put them into our life, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> what makes it a principle, God said it, and that pretty much settles that we'll do what he says. And we talked about one of the things that, that's paramount that we've got to put God first. That's your choice. You know, you either do it or don't do it. That was the problem with the Ephesus church. They got so busy. They got so busy serving God, they forget. They forgot who they were serving. They forgot the relationship, you know. And so he said, put me first. The church, the second church we talked about was the Smyrna church, and they were going through a lot of suffering. I want to tell you something. You're not going to live long in this world without suffering. Mental, physical, whatever. You know, it goes on. And so, but the problem with suffering, or you may be here this morning, you're going through a real catastrophe in your life. The problem with something like that is that it, we, it, so in, it so ingrains us, it so captivates us and to a place that we can't think of anything else but whatever the problem is we're facing. And, and the, the recommendation or the key or secret to growth we see here in the book of Revelation was you need to look up and look ahead. Look up and look ahead. You know, uh, that there's a scripture that says, and these things shall also pass. And, you know, I kind of like that. But whatever you're going through is going gonna, is gonna to pass. And, and so we need to look up to him and look ahead, realizing that uh, these things we're going through are, are to make us better, not bitter. And so we talked about that. We dealt with that. That was one of those keys, you know, put God first, look up and look ahead. Uh, then we dealt with uh, the, the Pergamos church was dealing with the area of truth. And they were compromising with the, uh, with the truth. And uh, they, were, they were trying to change the truth. And, and so it was a very difficult situation. So uh, we find that uh, that was one of the lessons. Don't compromise the truth. Man, don't do that. Don't, don't start that kind of stuff. Now, the church today, uh, this, this church called Fire Tower, and uh, we talked about a little bit of last week. you got your Bibles. We'll, we'll give you a few scriptures here. Uh, we see right at the very beginning that Christ's title and, and commendations going on. And uh, the Bible, verse 18, and unto the angel of the church at Fire Tower, write these things, saith the Son of God, who his uh, eyes are like a flame of fire and his feet are like brass. Uh, this is speaking of the fact he has a, a firm footing and his eyes are piercing. And uh, he, uh, he pretty much knows what's going on. That's kind of cool, isn't it? He, he knows what's happening and all. 
And, uh, you know, I think it's very important for that to be to be to understand that because he, he you understand that as a believer today, as a Christian today, they look the world looks on us as the problem. Uh, we're weird or our motives are whacked out and we're kind of messed up and oh, no, it goes. And, and you got to be careful with that. And, and I'm so thankful that God knows everything. and He knows what our motives are. We really want to do what God wants us to do. So we talked about that. And then we talked about the fact that, you know, that uh, it's really God's heart to commend us to encourage us god wants to do that you know god doesn't want to come down and beat you on the head uh, he he wants to encourage you he wants to lift you up and all and if we read there in verse 19 all the neat things he said about the church there in thyatira all the cool and the neat things they were doing a lot of good things and so he was he was encouraging them i, I don't know about you don't you like to be encouraged i mean don't you like for folks to see positive things to you even if they're lying i mean no I don't mean that. And, uh, but you, 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 you want some positive stuff being said to you. I think it's very important. And, and particularly with someone that matters. God really matters. And he was saying some very positive, encouraging things to these guys. But you keep reading verse 20, something happened. Things kind of changed. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee. <clears throat> we see here that he's getting ready to talk about some things. Uh, not everything was going well. Let me say this. I don't care who you are this morning. Not everything is going well. I don't care who you are who you th or who you think you are. Some of you are a legend in your own mind, but regardless of that. But uh, anyway, but, but it doesn't matter who you may be. Things, you know, they, this, things weren't going well. And so he, he said, you know, I got something against you here. And, and uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what caused, you know, sometimes when something happens, I always wonder, what caused that to happen? What caused this church to get into a place that they were in at that point? We're going to really talk about it here in a minute. You know, uh, I kind of think what happened, if you're not be careful, it's one of those lessons, you know, a little insight for you is don't drop your guard. I mean, don't, don't get to a place, you know, sometimes you get to a place where you think, well, I can handle this now, and, and I can do this, and I can work this stuff out, and, and I don't know whether that church thought that way, I don't know exactly what was going on, but they had dropped their guard. They had gotten to a place where they kind of thought, well, you know, we, we have got this. We have got this work. You may be here this morning in your own life. You say, well, I, I can work this stuff out. And that's exactly what was, was going on in this church. And, and so what happened was, it's interesting, uh, on all the good things they said about the church, if you look there in verse 20 again, notwithstanding I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel. Have you heard the word Jezebel before? Not many parents name their girls Jezebel. Jezebel, you come here, sweetie. Do you know anyone that has a daughter named Jezebel? <laughs> then, you know, uh, uh, it's interesting what was going on here. Of course, we are familiar with the name Jezebel. Back in the Old Testament, Jezebel was the queen who led the whole nation of Israel into idolatry. I mean, she was really a whacked out individual, a messed up individual, and certainly uh, uh, that, that wasn't a good thing. And, and what's interesting here with this, this situation, I really get a hold of this. What was happening here is all this cool things they were doing was good, but this, this, they were tolerating this one problem. Let me give you the definition of tolerating. tolerating to tolerate something means this, getting comfortable with things that should be uncomfortable that's pretty powerful getting comfortable with things that should be uncomfortable 
Now, this, this woman, this Jezebel, a Moffat, one of our theologians, uh, says, they, they translate that, she's a Jezebel of a woman. So uh, I don't know exactly what's going on here and all, but this is, this is the person they're mentioning. And, and uh, now it's interesting when you look at, you're still reading there in uh, Revelation 20, we see that thou sufferest this woman, Jezebel, thou tolerated things that should be uncomfortable now are comfortable to you. Very dangerous. Here's what it said. Which calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication, to eat things, uh, sacrificed idols. Now, it's important to understand that this woman called herself a prophetess. You know what she said? I speak for God. When I'm speaking, I'm speaking God's word. You know what was funny here? Is who is rebuking her? Class, who's rebuking her? God. She says, I speak for God. And God said, not. He said, God's a few words. Not. You're not speaking for me. You know, I, I wonder if all these guys say they're speaking for God and they really know who he even is. And they speak for him. Well, we see a good example here that Jezebel says, I speak for God. I am speaking God's word. And Jesus said, I am the word. And you're not speaking for me. You're not speaking for me, but she, she said that she was. And uh, what's interesting, uh, when it says, which calls herself a prophet to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication, these things, sacrificed idols. Two more things they were doing here. They were committing fornication, acts of immorality, and eating things, sacrificed idols. Now, please stay with me. If you plan on sleeping during the service, give me a couple minutes right here. It's the cool point I want to make. This morning I was looking at this, man, it just really, you know, it impacted my life and all. But because here was the deal. This gal, Jezebel, was, was leading these people to, to do two things, to eat things, sacrificed idols, and to commit fornication. And you're saying, so, so. But here's what you're not seeing. In Acts 15, this was dealt with before. The church was getting going. It was rolling. I mean, people were being saved. There was revival. There was exciting. Gentiles were being saved, which was, a, was, a, which was mind-blowing to the Jews. And they couldn't believe what was happening. God, the Spirit of God is pouring down on these Gentiles. What a deal. But here was the problem. They were Gentiles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the Jews had all this legalism going on. All these different things they were keeping, these dietary laws, the circumcision, all that kind of stuff. And the Gentiles weren't doing that. And so what was happening here, there was a problem coming on. There was a, a conflict. Do you know what I read somewhere? Maybe you all read the same thing. I know in some churches they have conflicts. Have you ever heard of that? I never, you ever heard of that kind of stuff? Bummer. And, uh, you know, that stuff happens, I guess. But here's the deal. So that was going on, and, you know, uh, you know, it was getting heated up, and I'm sure there was probably some, you know, hurt, hurt, you know, generally hurt feelings go on. And so they had a meeting about that, and the elders met, the council met, and they made this decision. Here, here was the decision uh, that uh, was made in the book of Acts. This is, a, this is the problem. And so this was a solution. Wherefore my sentence is, this is a council, that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God. In other words, you don't have to keep all the dietary rules and, the, and all that kind of stuff. But here's the deal. But that we write unto them that they abstain from the pollution of idols and from fornication. So let me see if I understand that. You're saying that the two things that we're not supposed to do is sexual immorality and eating things offered to idols. Are you with me on that? Okay, stay with me. Here in Revelation, 
Jezebel is leading. Now, certainly we know she was from God because she said so. I'm sure if someone wasn't from God, they would say they weren't from God. They'd tell you if they weren't from God, wouldn't they? Surely they wouldn't lie. Wow, sir, that surely wouldn't happen. So she said, I'm from God, and the two things I'm leading these people to do in Thyatira is to commit immorality and to eat things offered to idols. Do you have a problem with that? Here's my question. How did they not know that was wrong? How could they not know that? You know how it would happen? They weren't reading their Bibles. They didn't. This was blatantly against the Word of God. And these people were tolerating it. Why were they tolerating? Because they were ignorant to what God had said. And, you know, here's the deal, guys. That ought to bother us, particularly today. The reason why we see a lot of people getting messed up today, they don't know the Word of God. The reason why they believe some weird stuff out there and whacked out stuff out there is because they're basing on some guy who is very charismatic and, and you know, he's, he's uh, sincere and he's passionate and he's telling them this kind of stuff, but it's not in the Word of God and people are lapping it up like it's truth and it's not truth. It's exactly what's happening to our churches today. Let me tell you something right now. I don't care the, whoever's speaking. If that person speaking is conflicting with the Word of God, that person that's speaking is a liar. And we don't tolerate that. Because tolerate means we get comfortable with things we should be uncomfortable with. And when I read that, I thought to myself, wow, what a tremendous truth. How many times have I seen people get so messed up? And the reason they're messed up, because they hear someone speak, and it's so sincere, and they're so passionate. And they, I mean, you know, if they're conflict with this book, let me say it in the sweetest way I can. They're liars. Absolute, total liars. I don't care. See, well, you're, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, hey, if you conflict with this book, you're a liar. And here's this deal. I mean, they should have known. But you know what? Here's what was being said. Listen to me. Things are going so good in the church. We don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to cause any conflict. If you don't cut cancer out, cancer will kill you. There's some stuff that we can't tolerate. There's some things that we cannot tolerate. We can't do it. If we do it, it's going to happen. The same thing will happen to us. It's going to happen to this church. Pretty soon they'll become non-effective. Now, I'm thankful verse 21 is in there. Here's what verse 21 says. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication. And what does it say, class? She didn't do it. I gave her space. I said, hey, I want you to repent. You know, but she, she didn't do it. And then he talks about verses 22 and 23. Behold, I will cast her into bed and them that commit adultery with her. This is the problem, guys into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds, and, and I will kill her children with death, and all the church shall know that I am he which searcheth the reins of the hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. And so I just want what I deserve. Okay, cads, here it comes. You know, 
I think it's important here, a little bit more to the inside here, because sometimes, you know what our problem is? We see people messed up, and they don't, they seem to be okay. Didn't that bother you? They, they, they're so messed up, they do so many bad things, but no bad things seem to be happening to them. Yeah. What's that? You know, I've thought about that. You know, why is it that that takes place? You know, sometimes we misunderstand what God is. We take, because something is going well in someone's life, and they don't seem to be being dealt with, we take that, sometimes we think that's God's blessing, but it's not God's blessing. I think it's God's patience. I think God's being patient. I bring that into what's happening to our country, America. In many ways, we're still doing very well, really. I mean, I know that there's a lot, of, but in reality, you don't think it's true. Just travel overseas if you don't understand how well things are going here. And we think, well, God is, God is, God is may not be pleased, but He's not really ticked off at us. I think the, I think we mistake the good things that are happening as God's blessing when they're not God's blessings at all. They're God's patience. Now, I want God to be patient with me, guys. I desire God's patience, but don't misunderstand what's happening, you know. Don't misunderstand what's going on, you know, and I think it's important that we, we, we see that. Uh, certainly we see what, one of the things that, that's revealed here in the Scripture to us is that he was talking about judgment, but he was offering grace and mercy. Don't you like that? He's talking judgment and offering grace and mercy. We see that. God's a very gracious and merciful God. I don't know about you. I, I think that's, I want that to happen. I want God to be merciful and gracious. I desire that. You know, I know sometimes we see something happen. We, we, you know, someone does something bad, and we'd like to see him put, have him put to him. Well, I got that, but, but I, I'm glad for God's mercy and God's grace. Now, look at verse 24. But unto you, I say unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put on none of these other burdens. Now, guys, I don't know what she was teaching, what was going on totally outside of those two instances. But whatever it was, she was teaching things from Satan. That's what it says. I, I don't know all that she was teaching, but whatever she was teaching, the teaching was tied up with Satan. And let me give this to you. We are never so spiritual that we can afford to play around with the things of Satan. Never. We're never so spiritual that, it, that, that when it comes to satanic things, be very careful. You can't mess around. You can't play. I don't know why they were doing that. I don't know why, what the reasoning was. You know, sometimes we get the idea, particularly when things are going pretty well in our lives, that we can just almost handle anything. We can, we can skirt right up the edge, but we'll never go over because we can handle it. Because we're so spiritual. Let me tell you something. Satan is never tolerated by anything in the things of God. And, and when we do that, it places us in a position where we are, we're being set up for failure. Now, class, what's that? That's a frog. His name's Fred. Fred the frog. There's one thing, there's several things about frogs that are important to know. Frogs like water. Are you still with me? And frogs can jump out of water. They can do the, they can. But you can take that frog, and you can throw that frog in a boiling pot of water, and what will the frog do, class? 
Do what? He'll jump. So you take the same frog and put him in cold water on a stove and heat it up slowly. You know what happens to the frog? And the word is tolerate. The frog tolerated the heat. And pretty soon the heat killed him. He became comfortable with something that should have made him uncomfortable. Some of you have walked in here today and that's where you are. You're on the stove and it's heating up. And you know what you're saying? I can handle it. It's not killing me. I can deal with it. You know what I can do? I can tolerate it. But what's going to happen? The thing you tolerate is the thing that will kill you. This morning, you have an opportunity. The problem with the church in Thyatira is they started tolerating this woman who was from Jezebel, who was from Satan. And you cannot tolerate that. It will kill you. It will take your... You say, now, if you're here this morning, you know Christ is your personal Savior. I'm not talking about your eternity. I'm talking about your now. Effect in eternity is certainly, we know, judgment. But what's happening is that you walked in here this morning and there's things in your life that shouldn't be there. You are doing stuff and tolerating stuff that you shouldn't do. And because of that, you have been lulled into a sense of security that you can handle it. But you're going to soon find out that Satan takes no prisoners. The Bible says he has come to destroy. He's a wrecker of homes, a destroyer of lives. And this morning, when you tolerate even a, a little bit of him, a sooner or later, that will grow. And pretty soon, you will, you will be the victim. I always wonder when I see people messed up and it's the pattern's always the same. The thing we think we can handle pretty soon handles us. But there's a time, and maybe for you it's this morning, that God brought you here. You've come here this morning, and, you know, uh, it's, not a, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, it's not a big thing right now. It's seemingly very small, very insignificant. It's just a little bit, uh, what's happened now, you become a little bit, not, not as passionate about the things of God now because of this thing in your life, and you're not as involved, and, you know, you're kind of working God in every so often. You know, you haven't turned God off totally yet. But what's happening is that you're becoming a very dangerous person. You know who that person is? You're a religious person. You're religious. You know, you know all the stuff, don't you? And so you're playing the game now. But there's no passion. There's no joy no peace and what's happened is that you were placed in a position that it needed to be stopped but you decided to go on so God brought you here you got some work to do this morning you know when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart you have become comfortable with things that you should feel uncomfortable about and you're not that ought to really scare you. 
hope it scares you to a place that you'll jump. You won't stay there. You won't convince yourself of the lie that I can handle this. No one else ever has, but I can. It's the same lie. It's from the same person. And it accomplishes the same thing. Destroy. Let's stand for prayer, if you would. I'm going to have some time of prayer. I'm going to pray for you. We'll, as we do, we'll...